Your choice is simple. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Hello there and welcome to Skeptics and Believers, a paranormal podcast. On this episode, we will be discussing the Greenbrier ghost. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the show. Yes, thank you, Lisa. So welcome to another episode of Skeptics and Believers. This week, we will be covering a subject that was requested by a listener who is Sean from Scotland. And he emailed in and said, please, could you cover the Greenbrier ghost? I think it's really interesting. And hopefully you guys will find it interesting as well. So this is the first one of our listener suggestions. So if you would like to send in your own suggestion for what we can cover, email skepticsandbelieverspodcast at gmail.com and we could be doing an episode on your subject. We could be doing you next time. We could be doing you next time. Hi, Sean. Okay, so let's get into this one. And Eddie is going to lead this one. Thanks for that, Mike. So the Green Briar Ghost is a particularly interesting one because it's the only time ever in the United States that a trial has included the testimony of a ghost. Mm-hmm. So the story is about a young lady who was found dead, who was interned and buried, a lady by the name of Alva Zona Hestershoe, who was married to a gentleman called Erasmus Stribling, and the mother of Elva, a lady by the name of Mary Jane Hester, claims to have been visited one night by the ghost of her daughter. And the ghost of her daughter claimed that rather than dying in childbirth, which had been the cause of death on the coroner report, that she'd actually been killed at the hands of her husband. And the ghost was very specific about the details in terms of the cause of death. She claimed that she'd had a windpipe crushed and her neck broken in several places. So her vertebrae was actually uh, broken. So the mother initially went to the townsman police and complained that that she wanted the body of her daughter exhumed, at which point they ignored her. But when she made very specific claims about the injuries that the ghost had told her that her her daughter had supposedly passed on. So a judge was appointed in the case and there was an agreement given for the body to be exhumed. And the autopsy revealed that actually that her neck had been broken, that her windpipe had been crushed, and there were several bruise marks around her neck which correlated to a man's hand. The husband had been arrested and he he stood trial, and the judge found the confessions of the mother to be uh, extremely detailed, and this is recorded in 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 the court cases. It transpired that the husband had actually been married seven times, and that the previous wives had been had disappeared in mysterious circumstances, with one of them having been claimed to have fallen through a frozen lake and drowned, and the other one was injure, uh, injured in a forestry accident. But yeah, it's the only case where a ghost's testimony, as I said, in the United States, is actually on record as having been sort of entered in as part of the, the court proceedings. Yeah, one of the things that I, I read was that when they exhumed the body, he was present when they were doing the autopsy. Apparently he became visibly shaken as they neared the neck and, and found these bruises and discovered that her some like first and second vertebrae had been broken. Well, the interesting thing is that apparently when the body was found, when they turned, when the kind of coroner's office or some kind of slightly less sophisticated version of that arrived, her body was actually all dressed 
and ready in her kind of like her, her best clothes to be taken away to, to be buried. So it's thought that the husband had kind of dressed the corpse. And he like dressed her in something with a high neck. <laughs> a like, you know, like, neck. A big, like a big ruffle roll, like they used yeah, to wear. Roll yeah. neck jumper. Yeah, ruffle. Yeah. <laughs> a he bunch had- of... Uh, bunch of- Lollipop sticks around her neck to use as a splint. I mean, during the um, during the trial, he claimed that he was innocent and it was just a spiteful mother-in-law who was out to get him. Who, what, broke her own daughter's neck to what? get revenge? Well, that is that is one of the arguments that... Um, so I, I was talking about this with a couple of friends the other night who are police officers, and both of them jumped straight to that. They're like, oh yeah, sure. It was the husband. It definitely wasn't the mother who knew exactly how she died. Mm. They were like, I would have, you know, I would have pulled the mother in as being the murderer. There was some. There was some. Apparently, there was quite a few things that the mother said on the stand, which apparently had Erasmus really quite concerned. And again, there's court notes about him sweating and looking quite panicked. Apparently, uh, one of the one of the stories that the the mother had. had had told which had been communicated by the dead daughter was that apparently he'd become quite enraged about the quality of the meals that she'd been preparing <laughs> when she started telling this story apparently he became quite panicked started sweating quite a lot and it was something that the judge had noted these the uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come to the ghosty stuff in a sec i guess from from my perspective at least i i, I know that she was told by her uh, the mother this is she was told by her legal representation not to mention the ghost because they thought that would damage the credibility of her of her testimony. But instead, to say that you know she was aware that he was violent towards her, and that's the reason why she'd been so you know insistent that they dig her up. But she 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 was insistent that she would mention the fact that the ghost visited her. So she was absolutely convinced this happened to her. The mother was obviously I'm not, but she was. Well, the thing, well, from what I read, and I don't know how accurate this is. Apparently, the mother within the village had made quite a big thing about the fact that yeah. she'd been visited visited by the daughter. But actually, what happened in in the court? It was his defence lawyer that brought it up. Oh right, it wasn't hers. It was an it was her. And he, he apparently they did this because they wanted to kind of point to the fact that she wasn't a credible witness because she believes in ghosts. But when she got on the stand, given the detailed orientated account yeah, that yeah. she gave, and the fact that the judge apparently was making lots of positive. Like agreeable well, noises. Of course, ghosts are real. Everybody knows Obviously. that. But yes, I've got the I've got the right judge for me. But because she was called by the defence, and then everybody started to believe in her, including made her case stronger. Is a a majority jury believed it, didn't they? Was that how it went down? Yeah, that a majority jury. So yeah, it's kind of they uh, shot themselves in the foot a little bit with that one. But it caused it, it caused a massive kind of chain of events because everybody within the village wanted him to be hung. And apparently when, when they had issued the kind of the, the, the judgment, it wasn't unanimous. So he couldn't be hung. So he was actually put in a, you know, put in a, a federal prison. But it really kind of, to use kind of an English part, it really kicked off in the village. And apparently there was, there was a threat of villagers storming the courthouse because they wanted to see this man hung. Like a lynch mob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't they? yeah. yeah. Um, and ironically, actually, what, what happened is that when he was in um, when he was in prison, and I've read a few different accounts. Some don't actually give the specifics, but apparently they think he had syphilis, and he died as a result of some sort of 
outbreak. Syphilis complication. Well, as I said, I, I, depending on what what you read in different sources, I, I don't think the syphilis yeah. was so, con- Something confirmed. I read said that it was an unknown epidemic that was going throughout the, yes. the, the prison. He, Which could easily have been a syphilis epidemic. It, it could well have been, yeah. But he'd been sentenced to life in prison, but he was only actually in there for like three, three years, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then he, he died. He died. And then he died, yeah. yeah. I had read that he'd been married before and that he'd been violent towards the first wife. I, I read he'd only been married twice before, not seven yeah, times. So he, want, he wanted to be married seven times, I think. Oh, right. Perhaps it was that he was in He'd had had se- seven, yeah, seven substantial relationships that had resulted largely in people either leaving him because he battered them or mysteriously vanishing. So, I mean, this, this guy does sound like he was a piece of shit, doesn't he? Yeah, um, definitely. So... You know, whether, so my, my thinking around the ghost side of it is that, what was her name? Mary Jane, the mother. Yeah. I, I think Mary Jane, ironic. Uh, I think Mary Jane was not visited by a ghost because of course I don't, but I, I think that, you know, people, people see things, don't they? When they're, when they're grieving and assuming that she didn't kill her own daughter, which we can come to your conspiracy theory there in a minute, Mike, but assuming that she didn't kill her own daughter, she would have been distraught with grief. Uh, because because her daughter had died, and she didn't trust uh, Erasmus from as soon as they got together. You know, she thought he was a wrongan, and you would imagine that if it's a village, you know, she she would have been close to her daughter. It's not like when you live a hundred miles away from your parents and they don't really know what's going on. She would have lived, you know, within walking distance in a village, wouldn't she? So she would have been close to their relationship. She would have been able to see if her daughter seemed like she'd been hurt or bruised. Or a daughter might have told her while she was still alive. I mean, not you know post death. Yes, yeah, so I'm 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 definitely on the skeptical side of the ghost, but I I can see why the mother would believe that she was you know visited by a daughter if she was grief stricken. There's one or two things here, right? How would a mother know what the injuries that caused the death were? There's what there's only one or two explanations. One is that it was in fact her. Well, either her mother was the one that killed her or was there and witnessed it happen or she genuinely was visited well, I, by something that, that told her this. Because this happened over four evenings. Four evenings, this apparition appeared to her and, and told her about the events that I, led up to her murder. I was sure that I'd read that the, the, the mother, Mary Jane, old Mary Jane, she didn't mention that her daughter had told her about the throat crushing and the the vertebrae snapping until after the autopsy. Prior to that, she just, her version of, of events was that her daughter told her that her husband had killed her and that she added the details about, yeah, she said she'd had her neck broken once she knew she'd had her neck broken. I thought I'd read that actually in one of the visitations, I don't know if it might have been the last one, that this ghost, I'm going to call her a ghost, had actually spun her head round 360 to kind of to give her mother the impression that her neck was broken you know what it is it's owls again <laughs> owls it's a great big glowing owl it's a great owl <laughs> i mean it, this this case is quite interesting because it is documented as being a legal case that involved a ghost and there apparently in west virginia there is a state historical marker near the cemetery where she's buried, that reads, interred in nearby cemetery is Zona 
Hester Shue. Her death in 1897 was presumed natural until her spirit appeared to her mother to describe how she was killed by her husband Edward. Autopsy on the exhumed body verified the apparition's account. Edward, found guilty of murder, was sentenced to the state prison, only known case in which testimony from a ghost helped convict a murderer. So that, that I mean, that's quite a big thing that it's actually documented as being that the testimony of a ghost. I mean, you can write anything down, it doesn't make it true. And also we're talking West Virginia and oh, isn't that, isn't it in the Appalachians? Almost heaven. It's a lot of country roads out there. It's, uh, well... W- it's w- the Appalachian Mountains, isn't it? West Virginia is where the Mothman was as well, wasn't it? It's interesting because it's also linked to a, a former one of our podcasts uh, where we talked a little bit about um, Area 51 because it's home to an area called Sulphur Springs or Greenbrier Resort, which was also known as Project Greek Island. And it's where a subterranean resort was built which in the event of there being some sort of nuclear war, all of Congress would be taken and would survive down there mm. for a number of years. By resort, do you mean like Disney World? I'm talking more like a ginormous bunker. Oh, right, okay. But yeah, no rides, unfortunately. No, no. Right, no. Your idea of a, resor- of a resort's very weird. <laughs> yeah, no. Spent a lot of time in West, uh, East Germany. <laughs> yeah, there's no, um, there's no Splash Mountain, that's for sure. Indeed. I think my point about the Appalachian Mountains was that there are quite remote villages and towns in that kind of area. And it's known for having quite... A lot of ghosts. Inbred. Say what you really think, Lisa. (laughs) Quite kind of inbred communities and things like that, you know. To any of our fans listening in in the Appalachians, uh, we'd like to (laughs) apologise for the views. Historic inbred communities. But they're actually, I, I was watching something the other day about them some of the kind of communities in the Appalachians and how there's so kind of few families and things like that, that um, they, they, you know, they kind of like, they interbred so much that they kind of like their particular face shapes and, and things like that was, um, is quite I think I think the pronounced. point I would make is at, at this point when the murder happened and also given the, the surnames of the people, these are probably, I would have thought, the kind of the, the second generation of descendants that have actually travelled from, from Europe and been there. So... It probably predates some of that inbreeding that we're the- theorising could possibly have happened. Interestingly, I, I've I've just found that there was something similar happened in the UK, which is known as the Red Barn Murder, ah. which took place in 1827 in Polstead, Suffolk, where a young woman called Maria Martin was shot dead by a lover, a guy called William Corder. And they'd arranged to meet at the Red Barn, which was a local landmark, and they were going to elope to Ipswich. But she was never seen alive again. And he fled this, fled to London. And he'd been sending letters to her family claiming that they were in London. She was in good health. But her body was later discovered buried in the barn after her stepmother claims that she'd been visited in dreams by Maria. And she'd seen the barn in her dreams and she'd pointed to where her body was. Mm. And that's how, they, that's how they found her body. I mean, I did, I did also look at the Red Barn murder because it is, it is kind of referenced as the kind of the UK equivalent of it. And actually, so there's quite a lot of documentation. There was a, a famous Penny Dreadful featuring that case that was, that was circulated around London. But again, I think in the UK case, there's some quite easy ways of explaining that one away. For example, there was a £93 forged cheque that somebody was like, well, hold on a second, there's a problem with this. And on further investigation, it was found that there was kind of, there was other elements along the story. The great part about that is that the gun that actually was used to apparently kill her is 
you can go and see it. It's available along with two of her irons. There's a display in Suffolk somewhere, which apparently has got quite a lot of the, uh, quite a lot of the. That uh, sounds like a day trip. Well, yeah, yeah, it does. But it, you know, this it's one of those things, isn't it? Like um, you, from the point of the paranormal and ghosts, think that maybe, maybe if ghosts were like a real phenomena, and I believe in them, but why don't we get more? Obviously, I believe in them. Obviously, why don't we get more ghosts who've been murdered coming back and going? Oh, it was uh, it was Billy Joe. And number 12 killed me and this is how he did it. Well, play, playing devil's advocate, because you know that I broadly agree with that. The We don't know what causes a ghost, do we? Or what, you know, what's, what circumstances need to be present for a ghost or a spirit or whatever you want to call it to be able to appear to speak to a loved one or... You know, whether they appear in a dream or appear, you know, as a, an apparition, we don't we don't know what triggers that. So you wouldn't expect that everybody who dies under mysterious circumstances would always generate a ghost. Yeah, because because well, they're not real, so there's no rules. But it, it's not Dungeons and Dragons. You don't roll a d twenty to see if you get a ghost. If if they are real, which they're not, then the the criteria by which they do appear obviously must be quite arcane. Yeah, I mean, I think we discussed it before, and I've mentioned before in, in previous episodes where there's the belief that buildings like stones and stuff can, if there's enough energy, can absorb that energy and play it back a bit like a a bit like a tape. Yeah, but this... Or digital recording yeah, for this, those this, listening. <laughs> this, this young lady, though, appeared in her mother's house. Yeah. She wasn't murdered in her mother's house. No, she wasn't. She was murdered in her own house. So if she was taped onto the walls, Mike, <laughs> then there would have been the walls uh, of her yeah, but house. Then, yeah, but that, that kind of argument goes for things like like the ghosts that people see and, and, and have captured on video, like Gettysburg or, yeah. you know, when people, I've, I've said it before about my um, my cousin's husband's mum seeing the, the Roman centurion, like from, you know, waist up in the floor, walking through her block of flats. But obviously back in the Roman times, the floor was a lot lower from where it's been built up. So, you know, it's, it's, that's a different time type of haunting. Whereas this is a spirit actually manifesting itself and coming to someone to to give a message. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Visitation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. To pass on a message. Yeah. It's a tricky one because she, she was, they were trying to lead her, weren't they? In the Mm. trial to say that it was a vision. Oh, you had a vision. And she was really quite stoic about it. And was like, I have not had a vision. My daughter has come back to visit me. But I mean, I, I do err on the side of believing in ghosts. I don't know what they are, why they are, but this or I don't know. Seems a bit odd. I think there were lots of lots of things pointing to him being a bit dodgy. Mm. Um from the point of finding her dead on the floor by the eleven year old boy who lived next door or whatever it was, to to everything that he was then doing up until the burial. Yeah, apparently he wasn't he wasn't showing much emotion, was he? Well well, Oh, no, that's not what I read, actually. I read that he literally wouldn't leave her alone and was quite apoplectic about kind of being next to her. And, and that's why the coroner didn't do a full examination yeah, because he was, he was so grief-stricken at that time. He was hiding that she went in the ground very, very quickly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't, look, don't look at her neck. With a roll neck. Yeah, with a yeah. roll well, neck. Well, no, actually, he had put her in like a stiff neck collar dress, hadn't he? As Which was, was the fashion at the time. There's well, definitely yes. nothing wrong with her head yeah. area. And then he'd put some, had he put like a sheet or something? There's, so there's something about the sheet as well. I don't know if you guys have, have read that. So he'd put this kind of sheet by her neck to try and pop her up and then he'd taken it off 
at the point of closing the coffin. And then the mother had taken it and there was some weird phenomenon with the sheet, wasn't there? There was a a fluid, which doesn't sound like it was blood, but it sounds like neural spinal fluid. So it was red in colour, but like translucent. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she said this sheet started to smell, so she put it in a... They put it in a bowl to wash it and all this kind of colour came out of it and then went back into this fabric, leaving the water completely clear. And that's what then got the mother thinking, hang on a minute, something a bit dodgy. Although I do, it does sound like that she was quite upset and quite insistent that her daughter hadn't just died. And I didn't realise it was childbirth. I read that she'd been, it had been put down as, is it eternal fainting, everlasting fainting? Is that the phrase? I read, yeah, I, I heard I that. I'd, I'd, I'd read two different, because on the one account, I'd read that she was with child, but he had no idea that she was pregnant. And then in another one, I also, that, you know, the same thing that you've just mentioned, that everlasting, everlasting fainting. It, I'm sure it's everlasting fainting. But then yeah. I think on Wikipedia, it said she died in childbirth. So I've read a few kind of conflicting. Oh, I I don't think, I don't, I'm sure if it was childbirth, but she'd been ill a couple of weeks beforehand as well. And so the doctor had been backwards and forwards trying to figure out what was wrong with her. And so there was... She had a broken neck. There was, but there was, um, there was some kind Love, of notion. the scarf. <laughs> some notion that she might have been pregnant, like the early stages of pregnancy, mm. which is why she might have been feeling so rough. But, um, but yeah, she just didn't cook meat for his meal. And he went nuts about it, even though there were lots of other things that, that she described to the mother she'd said that she'd made, which were kind of jellies and butter. What's apple butter as well? I'm sure she described sounds apple nice. butter. Sounds nice. I know it does I sound like good, apples apple and I like butter. Apple butter. And these were some of the things that I think that were coming out when she took the stand that had Erasmus sweating. There were quite specific details. Very specific. Mm. That the mother was coming out of, coming out with, sorry. So, um, yeah, it is interesting how, how would she have known them before? But if she was, she was only young as well, wasn't she? Wasn't she only 22, 23 when yeah. she died? She was only young. So, um, Although, mind you, I suppose that's quite old to be married back in 1890-something. Yeah. An ever, everlasting faint back then was a heart attack. Oh, right. Interestingly, if you search everlasting faint in Google, it brings up the Green Briar Ghost, which oh. appears to be the only time it was ever really used. Oh, but was that was that written on the kind of the coroner's report? Was yeah. It? Or was it child? Yeah, and it was a mother that was saying it wasn't it wasn't everlasting faint that killed her. It was uh, it was murder. Oh right, murder, okay. murder most foul. Yeah. Okay. So I I'm I'm believing this one. Really. Hundred percent believing this one. Either, either the mother did it, which I don't think she did, or genuinely the mother had either a vision or was visited by something that told her her daughter was murdered, because evidently she was, and it led to the conviction of a murder. See, I'm erring on the side of agreeing with Mike purely because, given the information that she was that she shared in court, mm. that she shared with the people in the village, I agree that because of the specific nature of the information, and I mean, and we get in this secondhand, you know, we we weren't there at the time, and because of the, you know, because of the passage of time, it you know, it could be conflated, but based on how it's presented, the only way that she would have known that is that she would have done it, yeah, and if that was the case. I don't believe she would have allowed her to have been buried to then go through the stress and the trauma of her body being exhumed again. Because she would have said she witnessed it. She could have said she was outside, she saw it through a window. So I think it, I think that is a bizarre element. I don't think she would have waited for it to be buried, now, only then to kind of get her exhumed yeah, again. Now, now, mm. now, bear in mind, though, at the point of the trial, when she was giving testimony, giving giving all these specifics, this was after... 
the results of the coroner report, the, the autopsy were known. So at that point, she already knew her neck had been broken and the windpipe had been smashed or whatever the, the term was that they used. So she could easily say, the ghost told me that these things had happened because by that point, they already knew that those were the facts. So it's not that she said, she didn't tell people those things before the testimony, did she? So that's, but there's was, a disconnect there. But she was saying enough to be able to convince them. Yeah. To dig dig up. Up. I mean, she was making a big enough noise. It depends what you read. Cause different, different, like different websites. Mm. Have and it down is, differently. This, some are saying the, that she gave that information before yeah, the yeah, autopsy, yeah. and some are saying it was after. This is yeah, this is a problem with it being the information. So, yes, it because one of the one of the things that apparently somebody reported to the to the local paper was that the the mother had said that he'd ruptured a ligament in her neck, and that was prior to the autopsy mm. being given. Mm. But who you know? How are who we knows? to know? Who knows? Yeah. I think she got quite a following that in the village, didn't she? I don't know whether what her standing was in the the kind of the village well, she, that she lived in. She, but know, she stirred everybody up to a frenzy that yeah. they wanted to hang him. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and they the, yeah, yeah. The, there was a wellspring of popular opinion against him. But to be fair, he sounds like a piece of shit. Yeah, so. he does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. It uh, it doesn't sound a surprise that someone with those traits would murder his missus for not cooking meat that day. You know. How how mom know about it? I don't know. I I, I think that mom had regard regardless of you know the apparition. Mary Jane had every right to say you buried my daughter without doing an autopsy, and she's married to a violent man. You yes, haven't done yeah. your job. Dig yeah. her up and check to see if he killed her. Yeah, you know, and and you know, the ghost or no ghost, that obviously had to yeah. happen was done and yeah. the piece of shit went to jail and yeah. died. At the point, you know, the coroner was spoken to or the, the, the doctor who'd done the, the kind of the initial examination and he admitted that he actually didn't do a very good thorough mm. job because yeah. the husband was making such a fuss and, and being so kind of grief stricken at the bedside, having already moved her from downstairs yeah. to upstairs and dressed her, which is another weird thing because apparently that's not something that men would have done in those times anyway. No. So, so yeah, it seems he, like he's trying to hide something. Clearly he murdered her mm. and, you know, it's just whether or not her ghost really did yeah, I, come back. I think it suits the mother's story. It gives her something to kind of cling on to as mm. well. And a lot of people, I mean, I, you know, I work with a lady who's absolutely convinced that her you know, kind of her auntie visited her, you know, the, the day after she died in her bedroom at night and all that kind of things. And, and, you know, she's a kind of a normal professional type of woman, but she, this she absolutely believes in, um, and there's no telling her otherwise. So, and this was a God fearing woman, you know, Mary Jane, you know, she was praying to God, please, please let my daughter visit me. Mm. Well, there is another interesting take, and there's a lady by the name of Katie Letcher-Lyle, who's a writer and historian, and uh, she did an investigation and subsequently wrote a book called The Man Who Wanted Seven Wives. And in that, she came to the conclusion that despite the fact that she wanted more of an investigation, no one was taking her seriously, and she believes that she concocted the story of the ghost as a kind of catalyzing, you know, this statement of wonder to, for people to take her seriously. Yeah. Either way, it worked. That's it. I mean, it I, did work. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The right man went to jail and mm. Mary, J- Mary Jane, the mother was happy that her daughter was, or a daughter's killer was kind of rightly convicted. I don't think that was ghostly goings on. Oh, we got 50, 50 split. Then, we have, yeah, we have. Yeah. I think we need to. Just, you haven't asked me yet. 
Well, <laughs> I don't think we've already established what your thought on this is. Yeah, I, 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 I think she had, you know, a, a grief, dream, stroke, vision thing that, you know, because you, you know, you do when you lose somebody, especially when you're, yeah. especially when it's something like that, you will be thinking about them a lot. You'll be dreaming about them. And I think that's far more likely than a ghost, but the right, the right outcome came and I'm yeah, glad it did. Definitely. Definitely. Well, that was our episode, our listener suggested episode on the Greenbrier Ghost. So we hope you've enjoyed listening to that. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the podcast. And if you have, thanks ever so much for continuing to listen. You can contact us on email and send in your own suggestions at skepticsandbelieverspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, which is S and B pod and the number one, or you can follow us on Instagram, the gram, which is skeptics believers pod. So until next time when we will be discussing oh no you're gonna you're gonna love this one so <laughs> until next time where we will be talking about the roswell incident Ooh. please do take care of yourselves this podcast has been brought to you by obsidian shark productions The music featured in this podcast can be found at freemusicarchive.org and is used under the Creative Commons license. More details can be found on our website.